0: Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moll. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. From your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7. This morning we gather to, to dive into a subject... One that I am uh, very excited to dive into. We're going to be looking at the uh, wonderful, uh, amazing, all inspiring attributes of our Holy God. And over the next few months, not every Sunday as in every Sunday series, but maybe once a month or every six weeks or so, we're going to be looking into some of the attributes. ...of our holy God, looking into some of the things uh, and seeing God a little more clearly. It was impeccable timing, by the way. And this morning we get to look at His faithfulness. To look at His faithfulness. Has anyone here this morning, do you have the ability to testify that God has been a faithful God to you? Could I just get a show of hands? Has God been faithful to you? Amen. This morning... Uh, Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 7, beginning in verse 7, and please stand to your feet as you have it. Deuteronomy 7, beginning in verse 7. And the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand. And redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore... And you shall keep the commandment, the statues, and the judgments, which I command you today to observe them. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord God. God, we thank you for the songs that we have sang to your holy name. We thank you for the song that we've just heard as someone praises your holy name. God, we ask that you would do what only you could do this morning. And that is let your Holy Spirit run wild among this place, Lord God. Change our lives, change our hearts, change our minds, Lord God. But most importantly, let us glorify your holy name and all we say and do, God. And it is in your precious holy name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. And you may be seated. This morning, as we look at the faithfulness of God, the title of this morning's message is He is Faithful. And the first thing that we're going to look at is the revealing of His faithfulness. We're going to look at the revealing of His faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is revealed to us first in the Word of God. Look what it says in verse 9. Therefore know the Lord your God. He is God, the faithful God. It says it right here in his word. From the start of this book to the conclusion of this book, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, we see the faithfulness of God on display. And all we have to do to see the faithfulness of God is to open up his book and take a look inside. 1 Corinthians 10:13, Paul writes, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can endure. Hosea 11:12 says, God is the holy one. And he is faithful. Lamentations 3, and 23 say his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Every morning God is faithful to renew his mercies. Revelation 1, 5, we see Jesus described as the faithful witness. Revelation three fourteen says he is the true and, so may guess, faithful witness. In Revelation 19, John writes that I saw a white horse. And he who sat upon it was called faithful and true. My friends, the faithfulness of God. You want to see the faithfulness of God. There are a few places that you can look. And the first of which is to simply open up His book and see that His faithfulness is revealed in His Word. From the very beginning to the very end, God is never anything but completely faithful to His people. He is never anything but completely faithful in His Word. His Word is never contradictory to itself. When you study the Bible from start to finish, you will not find that God contradicts Himself or says he's going to do something that he doesn't do. You will not find that anywhere in his word he says he's not going to do something that he ends up doing. God is 100% completely faithful in his word. It's not just revealed in his word though. You want to see the faithfulness of God, you can look in the book, but you can also just open the door and look outside. You can just open the door and look outside. Creation itself speaks to the fact that God... Is a faithful God. In Psalms 89, this psalm is written by Ethan the Ezraite, and Ethan is writing while considering how God had been faithful to David. In spite of how David has lived his life. Now you know what Ethan's talking about. He looks at David and he says, here is a man who was blessed by God, who was touched by God, who was called as merely a shepherd and slay the the giant Goliath. He was anointed as the king. He had God in his corner. He had everything going in his way. And yet he still sinned and looked upon Bathsheba and, and conspired to have her husband murdered. And he did all of these things. And yet God remained faithful to David in that when he repented and when he came clean, God was faithful and just to forgive him and deliver him. And Ethan the Ezraite he's writing Psalm 89 you might mark it and go through and read it sometime but he is writing solely in that whole Psalm about the faithfulness of God in response to how God was faithful to David. And in verse 5 of Psalm 89 he says the skies and the heavens will praise your wonders God and your faithfulness is in the assembly of the holy ones. He is saying there that even the sky will attest to the faithfulness of God. Jesus calls on creation to attest to his faithfulness of God in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew, he says, Don't worry about food. Look at the sparrows. Look at the sparrows. They don't know where their next meal comes from, but they trust that God is going to provide it. So don't worry about food. He he says, Don't just don't just look at the birds don't worry about your clothing. Consider the lilies. The lilies don't have a closet with which to go and adorn themselves every morning but but no wind and nothing is ever more adorned than the beautiful lilies of the field. He says don't worry about tomorrow. Look at the grass. The grass will wither and be gone tomorrow but it's not worried about tomorrow. It is merely doing what it was appointed to do today according to what God called it to do. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is saying to us, you want to know how faithful God is. All you have to do Is Look at the birds. All you have to do is look at the fields. All you have to do is look at the flowers and you will realize that our God is a faithful God. You can look in his book. You can look out the front door. When I was on vacation, I was down in Florida and I was able to look and see for days in advance on the local channel that flips through that shows the weather. Now there was a hurricane going on out in the Gulf of Mexico. And yet still, flipping on the weather for days in advance, I was able to see them predict perfectly to the minute the time of high tide and low tide. They were able to predict perfectly when the high tide and low tide was going to be. Did you know that you can look uh, on the weather app today? You can look on that app and I can tell you Wednesday what time the sun is going to come up. To the minute. I can tell you exactly what time the sun is going to come up. Do you know why we can predict the tides and the weather and the sunrise? Do you know why we can predict those things that are set in stone so many days in advance? It is because creation moves according to the order of a faithful God who put it in motion all those years ago. God spoke it into existence. He is perfect. He is in order. He is faithful. And creation merely moves according to the order that God ordained. So we can see that it is faithful. In that same Psalm, chapter 89, Ethan writes in verse 37, that the witness in the sky will be faithful. And do you know what he means when he says that? He means simply, if you want to know the faithfulness of God, wake up in the morning, look up in the sky, and see if the sun is there. If you wake up in the morning, you look up in the sky, and the sun is there, you can know that a faithful God has caused that sun to rise yet one more time. The faithfulness of God can be seen in His book. It can be seen in His creation. But, my friends, it can also be seen in His people. Every child of God, as we started this message, had to raise their hands and say that God has been mighty faithful to me. God has been good to me. David writes in Psalms 37, I've been young. And I've been old and I've never ever seen the righteous forsaken. Can anybody here attest to that this morning? Having been young and old. Amen. I've been young. Brother Danny's been old. (laughs) And we can attest to the fact together. That the children of God have never been forsaken by God. Now I know. I know that in this building there are wives who could say, I once had a husband who was not faithful. I know there are husbands who could say, I, I had a wife who was not faithful. I had a boss who was not faithful. I had a coworker who was not faithful, Brother Jason. We could plug in any earthly relationship you want and say that we have found someone to be unfaithful. But can I just say there's not a single child of God this morning who can say that I have found God to be anything less than perfectly faithful. So many people have failed me, but God has never once been anything less than faithful. Now I know what some would say. They'd say, well, preacher, God was not faithful to me. My daddy did die. My grandpa, he did die. My wife, she did leave. My husband, he did lose his job. God has not been faithful to me. I prayed to God, and they still passed away. I prayed to God, and he still lost his job. I prayed to God, and something still went wrong can I give you a silly little illustration this morning? If I were to come in here this morning stand in this pulpit, look out among the congregation and say to everyone, Brother Charles Scott has been unfaithful to me. Brother Charles Scott has been unfaithful to me because yesterday he did not come and clean out my dog kennel. (laughs) Brother Charles might be inclined to stand up and say, I never told you I'd clean out your dog kennel yesterday. Don't you say I didn't keep my word. I never said it. That wasn't my word. Of course, I didn't clean it out. I didn't say I was going to. Do you see where I'm going with this? Don't you say that God didn't keep his word and he was faithless because he didn't keep a promise that he never promised you he'd keep. Hang on, let me say that again. Don't you think for one minute that God wasn't faithful to you because he didn't keep a promise that his word never said he would keep to you. He never promised you you'd keep that job. He said, I'll take care of you according to my riches in heaven. He never promised you that that loved one would be healed on this side of glory. He said healing would take place. He answered your prayer. He just didn't answer it in the way that you thought he ought to in the way you thought he should. He answered that prayer in the form of a glorified body praising him right now in heaven. God never promised you you wouldn't get sick. He said I will never put more on you than I can handle is what God said to us. He said you're not meant to handle all these things. He said you're meant to cast them at my feet and I will take care of you. But you have to depend on me. Don't Put promises on God that he didn't make. Folks, I'm here to tell you this morning that I will fail you. Your friends will fail you. Your family may very well fail you. But God will never fail you because he is a faithful God. First, the revelation of his faithfulness. Second thing I want us to consider this morning are the results of his faithfulness. What things are true... Because God is faithful. Well, one of those things we can see is that God fulfills his oaths. Look at verse 7 with me. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more than any other people, for you were the least of all the peoples, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oaths which he swore to the fathers. He's saying to the the Israelites here, he's saying, don't you get the idea here, Don't, don't you get any idea... That you were delivered from Egypt because you were good enough. Don't you get the idea that you were delivered from Egypt because you were mighty enough? Don't you get the idea that you were delivered from Egypt because of anything about you particularly and what you did while you were in Egypt? Don't you believe it was because you were strong? Don't think it was because of your great numbers as a nation? Don't you think it's because of some selection process in which you won some contest? Don't you think that for one minute that your delivery from Pharaoh had anything to do with what you did or said because it simply did not? God delivered you from your slavery in Egypt because he said that he would. Let me tell you what he's talking about there. More than five hundred years before, in Genesis chapter fifteen, God promised Abram. In Genesis fifteen, he says, "Your descendants will be enslaved for four hundred years, and then I will deliver them out with a mighty hand." Moses is writing here in the book of Deuteronomy that God delivered them, and God is faithful, and God keeps His word, and that is why He delivered them is simply because He said that He would. Anybody ever make a deal with God? I'm alone on this one, okay. Lord, if you'll just help me do well on this test. Lord, if you'll just help me with this presentation. God, if you'll just if you'll just get me through this one, God, well, I'll be at church every Wednesday night from now on for prayer meeting. God, if if you'll just, uh, you'll see me through this one. I promise you I'll be on the steps of the church before the preacher gets there Sunday morning. Don't you think that God keeps his word to you because it's something that you are worthy of. God saved you. God blesses you. God sustains you because he is a promise keeping God and he said that's what he would do. Now, there are some promises of God that are conditional from Scripture. But for the most part, God does what He does because He is a faithful God. He delivers us. He takes care of His children because He said that He would never forsake us nor leave us. God delivers us because He said He would. God saves us because He said for all those who repent and believe you shall be saved. That's why God does the things He does is because He is faithful, not because of you. Not because of what you said or what you're worth or anything else. So God, God fulfills his oath, but I also want you to look at something else. God frees his own. God frees his own. Uh, what he's talking about in verse 8 is he's talking about the freedom from Egypt. And I want us to understand what the the slavery in Egypt and what the bondage in Egypt symbolizes to us. Anytime that you see Scripture referring to bondage in Egypt, uh, what it's referring to is a picture of our bondage to sin. So when it's talking about being in slavery in Egypt, it's referring to us being in slavery to our sin, to our, our lack of salvation. And God is saying here, I'm going to save those who repent and believe because that's what I said I was going to do. John 6, 37, Jesus says, All the Father that gives me will come to me, and the ones that come to me I will in no way cast out. No one has ever come to Christ for salvation that's been turned away or refused. Romans ten nine says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart then you shall be saved. You mean, preacher, after after all these things I've done, God would save me? Yes, He would save you. In fact, God sent Christ to die for you before you did them, even though He knew you'd do them. Hang on, think about that for a minute. You mean, after all the sin I've committed, you mean Christ would still save me? As a matter of fact, Christ went to the cross for you, knowing what you were going to do, and He went anyway because He wanted to give you away. To be reconciled to God. He did it anyway. After all the things I've said, yes. After all the the things I've done. After all the drugs. After all the lies. After all the cheating. After all the whatever you want to say. Yes, yes, yes. And emphatically over and over again, yes. Any who will repent and believe can be saved. It don't matter where you've been, who you were with, or what y'all did while you were there. God will save you. You ain't slept around enough, drank enough, smoked enough, took enough, lied enough, stole enough, cheated enough, been enough, said enough, thought enough, or anything else to out the faithfulness of our God. Let me say that again. You ain't cheated enough, stole enough, took enough, murdered enough, killed enough, said enough, thought enough, ate enough, lusted enough, did enough, whatever. You ain't done enough to out the faithfulness of God. His promise is that all who will repent will be saved. And you have the promise of a faithful, promise-keeping God that you can lean on this morning. And my friends, He is an oath-keeping God. He's a God that frees His own But real quickly, and I won't stay here very long. Let's look at verse 10 for a minute. He says he's going to protect his children too. And he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with them who hate him. He will repay him to his face. Now why does does Moses write that here? What's he even talking about? Uh, One thing that, that Moses is saying here is essentially this. When God protects his people. When God smites those, when God does what he's going to do, he doesn't do it with a backhanded Facebook message or an anonymous letter. When God shows up in protection of his people, there is no doubt that God was the one that fought the battle. When God shows up against those who have spit against his name or hated him, there is no doubt that God is the one that showed up. This verse is actually a a furthering description of another fulfillment of a promise that God had made to Abraham. That promise most of you will have heard of in your life. It says, he said to Abram, I will bless you and your descendants. Anyone who blesses you and your descendants, I will bless. And anyone who curses you and your descendants, I will curse. And he's talking about the children of Abram. He's talking about the descendants of Abraham. And he said, Anybody who blesses you, I'll bless. Anybody who curses you, I will curse. And as Moses writes this, he's saying, You guys don't have to worry. God's got our back. Anybody that stands against us stands against God, and He is going to get them. He is going to deliver us. He's going to take care of us. Now this is the nation of Israel that that is being talked about here. And I don't get very political from the pulpit. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or liberal or independent or red state or blue state or orange state or yellow state. I don't really care about any of that. But can I just tell you that I don't care who's in the White House. Anytime that there is a dispute between the people of God, the nation of Israel, and another nation, we best make sure that we're on the side of the children of God. I don't care about what what Republican, Democrat, or anybody else is in the White House. What I care about is when the Word of God says, I will bless those that stand with the nation of my children, and I will curse those that stand against us. I want to make sure that I'm on the side that stands with the children of God. Now, I'm not, again, I don't care who the president is. I care what the master said. The master said we need to stand with him. But can I give you some more good news this morning? Particularly if you're fighting a battle in your life right now. Galatians 3.29 says this. Galatians 3.29 says, If you belong to Christ, you are a descendant of Abraham, an heir of according to the promise. Can I just tell you what that means in relation to that promise of God to Abraham? I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. If you are saved this morning, if you are a child of God, you are a descendant of Abraham and you fall under that same promise. Amen. We have the promises of God to Abraham in which we stand under because I am an adopted son of Abraham. I may not know all the Jewish laws and I may not know whether or not I'm supposed to eat pig or not, but what I do know is I've accepted Jesus Jesus Christ. And that means I fall under the promise that if I'm faithful to a faithful God, He's going to take care of me. Whatever I stand against, whatever stands against me, I can know that the faithful God said if they bless me, then I'll bless you. If they curse you, then I'll curse them. And I can stand and say, I don't care what any scheme of man, or scheme of Satan, or scheme of the government, or scheme of anybody else says, I'm going to stand with God because I know that He said I'm going to take care of you you. fall under the promise of Abraham. That's why when they talk about, uh, preacher, you may one day be out of job. The government ain't gonna let you preach. Oh, my hind end. They'll put me in a jail cell and I'll just preach there. Paul did it for a long time. They say, preacher, they're gonna close the doors to the churches. I say, I don't care. In the Bible, they met on the rooftops. I'll find me a rooftop somewhere and I'll shout Jesus from the top of my lungs because no matter what happens, God is going to take care of me. He's going to take care of his children and he is going to fight our battles. He is a faithful God. That wasn't in the notes, I'm sorry. Don't time me those three minutes, David. That was free preaching. Y'all don't even got to pay for it this week. The revelation of his faithfulness, the results of his faithfulness we want to talk about the response to his faithfulness. We have all this faithfulness of God we see. But how do we respond to the knowledge that we have a faithful God? Look with me at verse 11. Therefore you shall keep the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, which I commanded you today to observe them. Verse 11 says that God is faithful and we should keep His commands. We should keep His statutes. We should keep His judgments. We are to respond to God's faithfulness with some faithfulness of our own. And one thing that I believe is implied there, if we're going to respond with some faithfulness to God, is we're going to have to remember the faithfulness of God. We're going to have to be obedient to God. And if we're going to be obedient, we have to remember that God was faithful to us. Can I just tell you, that I had some week this week reflecting on the faithfulness of God in my life. I thought about my wife. I thought about my children. I thought about our unborn child. I thought about my parents. I thought about the time that I got to spend with my grandparents. I thought about all of you, this congregation that I am so honored And blessed to be able to serve as your pastor. I thought of God's call on my life into ministry. Do you know that when I thought of God's call on my life into ministry, I couldn't help but think, man, that had to be God. Because there was nothing about me worthy. There was nothing about me that would have said, oh, there's a preacher. But God said, there's a preacher. God said, there's a pastor. He said, there's the man for Rocky Valley in 2017. I'm going to call him into the ministry. I thought about how God had healed some of my dear friends. I thought about how God had healed my mother from cancer. I thought about all the things that God had done for me and I couldn't help but think of how faithful God had been to me. And let me just tell you, friends, we ought to respond to God in thankfulness for how faithful he's been to us. As a child of God, we ought to spend our time every week reflecting on what God has done for us and say, thank you God, that you have been faithful to me when I didn't deserve it. So we ought to respond in faithfulness, but we also ought to respond in obedience. Do you know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, that it is required in a steward or a child of God, it is required that he be found faithful. Aren't you glad it doesn't say that it is required of a follower of God that he be good-looking? Some of you look at your spouse this morning and say you better be glad it don't say that. Aren't you glad it doesn't say that it's required of a child of God to be talented or powerful or rich or special or or anything else? Aren't you glad it doesn't say you have to be skinny or you have to be big or you have to be tall? Aren't you glad that it says in order to be a child of God all that's required is that he be faithful? Think of the words that we long to hear on that day of judgment. What, what, are, the, what are the words that we all long to hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. But as I looked at this and what it says about keeping his commandments and his statutes and responding to God in obedience for his faithfulness, I struggled with this question, and I'm going to ask you to wrestle with this question this morning. What if God was only as faithful to me as I am to him? Let that sink in for a minute. What if God were only as faithful to me as I am to him? What if God forgave me of my sins only to the same level in which I'm able to forgive someone else for their sins against me? I'm going to get right down. I'm going to get in your business right here for a minute. What if if God looked at my tithing record and said, well, I want to make sure that you're in obedience, so I'm going to make sure your salary reflects your tithing. I'm going to make sure that your salary is is ten times what your tithing record is because I want to make sure you're in obedience. How, How would that hit us? What if God were only as faithful to us as we are to Him. What if you had a heart attack at 9.30 on a Sunday morning and you called on God and He said, can you wait just a little bit? I was not planning on getting out that early this Sunday morning. I didn't get another day off this week and I just need to sleep in a little bit. Can you check with me after the morning service? What if your marriage fell apart at 5.45 on a Sunday night and you called out to God and He said, well, I, I would... But the game went into overtime, and I really need to pack the lunches for this week. The work week is coming, God. What if God were only as faithful to us as we are to him? Now, can I just say, praise the God of heaven, that that's not how he deals with me. That God is faithful to me in spite of my lack of faithfulness to him sometimes. That God graciously and abundantly pours out to me because He is faithful, not because of my faithfulness, but because He is faithful. But we ought to respond to God in obedience because He is faithful to us. We should respond in thankfulness. We should respond in obedience. And finally, as we close, we should respond in witness. We should tell everybody we come in contact with how God has been faithful to us. If there is one group of people on the planet earth that ought not be able to be shut up, it is the children of God. There ought not be nothing in this world that could make us shut our mouths from talking about God. Now, I'm not talking about nothing that would cause us to shut our mouths to talk about UT football in this upcoming season, although I like to talk about that too. But we ought to be excited to talk about God. And there ought not be no way that anybody could tell us to shut up when we're talking about how God has been so faithful to us. I want you to try this with me this week. Because it's going to happen this week. I promise you it's going to happen. If you're still breathing next Sunday and you look back over the week from this Sunday to next, you're going to know that, that I was right when I told you this was going to happen. Sometime or another this week, you're going to be sitting around, your family member, your coworker, your boss, your friend, your loved one, somebody is going to be complaining about all the bad things in their life. Somebody is going to be talking about how bad everything is and what's going on and how bad it is. And you're going to be tempted to talk about how bad your life is. But what I want you to do is this. I want you to simply say this. Well, I may not have everything I want, but I can't complain because God has been faithful to me. Be his witness. Be his witness. Do you know it's hard to complain when you think about all God's done for you? You know, if God did not do anything else for me the rest of my life, if, if, if I walked out this door, I slipped and fell, and I was paralyzed the remainder of my life and never got to walk again, God would have already blessed me well beyond what I deserved when He provided me a heavenly home and a glorified body just for believing in Him. If God never gave me another thing financially, if He never gave me another thing, He would have already done well more than I was worthy of getting from Him because He was faithful to me to provide for me. Now, As we close, I don't want you to be shy this morning. Unless you have a condition that prevents you from doing so, I want a show of hands. If there's somebody in here who has ever been healed of a disease or an injury, I'm not talking about I took a Tylenol and my headache went away. I'm talking about I know it was God that healed me. I want you to slip your hand up. Amen. If there's anybody in here who's ever felt a burden lifted off of them, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm talking about I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I don't know what's going to happen. Anybody ever laid that burden down and had God lifted off? Could I get a show of hands? He said, I know it had to be God. Amen. Anybody here lived long enough to see your kids or grandkids saved? Amen. My friends, we could go on and on. And on and on about the faithfulness to God in our lives. And every one of those things we just mentioned is nothing short of the faithfulness to God in our lives. Let us busy ourselves spending time on our faces, worshiping God, simply saying, thank you, God. I thank you because you are faithful. How do we respond this morning? I'd say we need to ask ourselves that simple question I asked a moment ago. What if God were only as faithful to me as I am to him? And if you shudder at that thought because of something in your life, then I pray you come this morning to his altar and say, God, I'm going to lay this down at your feet. I'm going to give it to you. God, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to lean on you, and I'm just going to let you have it, God. Someone here needs to come this morning, just needs to come to this altar and say, I can't contain it in my pew no more. I just need to thank God for what he's done in my life. I need to thank God for all he's done. Won't you come this morning and worship the king of kings by telling him how thankful you are for what he's done. But somebody here this morning is shackled by their load of sin. When I talked about God freeing those who repent, you realize you've never repented of your sin. You've never been saved. You've never accepted this free A gift of salvation that Jesus bought and paid for your sin on a cross. Would you come this morning and stand on the promise of a faithful God that if you will just repent and believe that he will save you. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you so much. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God. That God, while we didn't deserve it, while we didn't earn it, While there's nothing inside of us good enough, God, you've been faithful to us anyway, Lord God. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God. God, we thank you that you can heal our sicknesses, you can heal our diseases, you can heal our marriages, you can heal our habits can heal those things we lean upon, Lord God. We'll simply cast our burdens upon you, Lord God. So God, this morning, somebody in this house shackled by a heavy load, give them the courage to come and lay that burden at your feet. Somebody here in this house is convicted of something in their life that clouds them from worshiping you because you are a faithful God, Lord. Help them to have the courage to lay that at your feet this morning. Somebody here this morning just needs to shout hallelujah and come down and say, thank you, God, because you've been so faithful to me. God, somebody here this morning needs to get saved. If they died on the way out the door, they'd be doomed for hell, Lord God. Would you give them the courage to stand and say, I want to repent and be saved, and I thank you for your faithfulness that if they do so, you will save them, God. God, we love you, we praise you, we give you the honor and the glory for all you do, and it is in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.